you know, we began a new series on building families for His glory. For His glory has been the theme throughout the entire year. And so we close out the year with building families for the glory of God. Started last week with a message about the, the, just sort of the overview of what that looks like as we seek to build families as believers in Jesus Christ for the glory of God. And we looked at some building blocks specifically, uh, like the Creator is the one who created the family. And he created you, and we recognize that we're not perfect, none of us are perfect, but also how the, the building blocks is that in our marriages, in our homes, that Christ is to be kept central, and that we're to have a commitment to each other that, that is to last until death do, does us part. And today we're going to look at the topic, we're going to dig in a little bit deeper from here on out, and today we're going to look specifically at the topic of husband, love your wife. So while as we are looking, I know, I know, right? So husband, love your wife. And so uh, while we're looking at that topic this week, I will tell you that next week, if you've already seen uh, some of the topics that are coming up, next week will be wife, love your husband, all right? So we'll be fair, right? Amen? And so we're going to look at that to, to next week, but today, husband, love your wife. Now, I'll say this as I get ready to, to get started here. As you all know, Pastor Garrett's not in here this morning as he is in Tabernacle, uh, with uh, our children, and he's our children's pastor, in case you don't know that. And uh, the second, first hour, he wasn't in here either because he's working with our children's program in Sunday school. But I told Pastor Garrett that, uh, because he, lis- he usually listens to the message online during the week. So I told Pastor Garrett, I said, Brother, listen close. I will give you a quiz. <laughs> and in case you're wondering what I'm talking about, in case you haven't heard, one of the one or two people maybe in the world who haven't heard this by now, is that Pastor Garrett has asked for my da- Angie and my daughter's hand in marriage, and we have agreed to that, and they'll be getting married in March. So we look forward to that. <clears throat> and so it's appropriate today that we look at husband, love your wife. As we think about the family and we think about the husband uh, being the head of the family, and we'll talk about that as we move along, but the husband loving your wife. I once heard a story about a woman who woke her husband up in the middle of the night. And she said, Henry, wake up. I just had a terrible dream. I dreamed that I was at an auction for husbands. And one husband brought $10,000. And others sold for sums in the millions of dollars. Well, that was enough to get old Henry to wake up. And Henry said, well, honey, what were husbands like me bringing? And she said, well, that's what's so terrible. They were taking ones like you and tying them in a bundle and selling them for a dollar a bunch. (laughs) So I really hope that there's no husbands like that here today. But if that's you, or even if that's not you, we certainly have a word from the Lord about what a husband is supposed to do as it comes to loving his wife. I mean, what greater place to look than the Word of God, amen? To find out, men, how we are to love our wives. And so we're going to look first off in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 25, going through 33. And honor and reverence to the word of God, if you'd please stand, and I'll read this for us. I will tell you this as well, that as we move throughout the message, this is where we'll start here in Ephesians 5. But there are other passages of scripture that we're going to pull in as well. Uh, So if you have your Bibles and you're one that flipped pages, I hope your fingers are nice and limber this morning because we're going to move a bit uh, in, in the Word of God to look at the specific passages as we deal with this topic of husband, love your wife. But we'll begin here in Ephesians 5, starting at verse 25 through 33. 
Here's what we see from the Word of God. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we're members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, it is powerful and it is practical. It speaks to us. It gives us your best. It teaches us your will. It guides us in how we are to live our lives out as we portray you, as we live like you, as we live for you, and as we love you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would guide and direct as we move through this passage and other passages of Scripture this morning, especially for our husbands, Lord, to see how we're to love our wives well. God, I pray that you would touch those who are here today who may not be husbands, but just who are single men or widowed men or wives, whatever the case may be. But, Lord, may you use the passage of Scripture to deal with all of our hearts as only your word can do, Lord, to teach us what it is to love as we're supposed to love. But God, I pray that especially that you would deal with our husbands today. Lord, that you would help us to be the men of God you've called us to be. But Lord, I come before you as simply your instrument. And I pray that you would use this time together for your glory. And I pray, Father, the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let me simply be your instrument, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. Are y'all ready? <clears throat> All right, I know the wives are. Uh, No nudging as we move along, okay? Hold it to a minimum. Uh, But you see the outline for today in the the bulletin for the message, and we have four points. And I'll tell you that in the first point and in the third point, there's a little extra sub-points. I didn't put all those in the bulletin uh, because I didn't want to freak you out as we looked at husbands uh, loving their wives. But the first thing that we want to see here, husband, love your wife with a sacrificial love. And we look to verse 25, and we see what we find here about what the Bible says about this kind of love that we're supposed to have for our wife. And it says here, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You see, friends, listen, there is no more beautiful, more magnificent picture of such great and awesome love as that sacrificial, that selfless love that Jesus has for the church, his bride. It is a love that where he gave of himself for her. He selflessly and sacrificially gave of himself for her, his bride, with a greater love, a great love. And we find in John 15, 13, the Bible says that there's, as it talks about this love, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So there is no greater love than that which is portrayed through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us on the cross of Calvary. He selflessly and sacrificially gave of himself for you and for me. Would you agree with that this morning? Say amen. Amen. 
And so this, this no greater love is the laying down of one's life for another. And it's this kind of love, it's this kind of love that husbands are to have for their wives, clearly spelled out in the word of God. And so that means that, husband, you are to love your wife so much that you would be willing to die for her. You're to love her so much that you're willing to put her before yourself. And that, you, that also means that you die to self in marriage. It's not about me, myself, and I, but you die to self. And so according to the word of God, husbands are to love their wife just as, as we find here, Christ also loved the church. And so this love is an unselfish love. Praise God if we have a God who loves us this much. Amen? It's an unselfish love. It's the giving of yourself. This kind of love is the giving of yourself for her. It's laying aside, watch, it's laying aside your rights and your privileges and serving her with a sacrificial love. It is humbly giving of yourself to her. Now, you remember that we have a perfect example of someone who is giving of themselves to another, to a whole group of people, as a matter of fact. If you're here today and you say, well, I don't know that I can be that kind of person who, who loves this sacrificially, who gives of myself, to lay down my rights and lay down my privileges and to lay down who I am for my wife, you want me to do that? Well, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I, as a matter of fact it's not me, it's the Lord who tells us that. And we look at the example of one who's done that, the perfect example. If you remember, just not long ago, we were going through the book of Philippians. And in Philippians 2, Paul is inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote in the chapter 2 these words. He's talking about Jesus. In verse 7, 8, he says, But he made himself of no reputation, and he took the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So you cannot say, well, I'm a man and I'm not going to do this for my wife. I'm not going to be that kind of a sacrificial, selfless giving of love for my wife. I mean, why should I do that? I'm a man. She's a woman. No, that is so wrong on so many levels. Especially as you look to your Savior as your example. And know that here is the King of all glory who set aside himself and showed you his selfless and sacrificial love for you on the cross of Calvary. Amen? And we're had to have that kind of love for our wives. And in our scripture today, Paul uses this kind of love, this, lo this love that Jesus has for his bride, the church, as an example to us as what we're supposed to do for our wives, how we're supposed to love our wives. It's a selfless, as we've said, a selfless and sacrificial love that we see on the cross of Calvary. When you look to the cross, it is a beautiful picture of the selfless and sacrificial love of Christ for us on the cross. But also it points us as the kind of love that a husband is to have for his wife. It's a beautiful picture. As we think about that as the picture... Then we go to another passage of Scripture to get the description of what this Christ-like love looks like. And we would go to that chapter known as the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, of course, this chapter deals with all of us who are believers that this is the kind of love that we're supposed to have as believers uh, for each other, for the church, as Christ has. But also, as we're looking specifically at husbands today, it applies to you specifically as we, as we think about it in its context today. So two things we're going to look at specifically. First thing is we look at 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3 real quick and see real Christ-like real Christ -like love is evident. As a husband, a love for your wife, Christ-like love in you is to be evident. 
Look what he says here in verses 1 through 3, 1 Corinthians 13. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. We could also add to that, and if I do all the dishes and put them in the dishwasher, and I have not love, I am simply a dishwasher. If I take out the trash once a week without being asked, I'm simply the trash taker-outer if I have not love. Amen? So we see here Christ-like love is evident. It's more than, listen, it's more than words. It's more than doing nice things. It's living out love. It is a love for your wife which motivates all that you are doing in your marriage. This passage describes real love that is evident. It is love that is in action. It is action that loves. And so this kind of love is the heart that is reaching out to your wife. You're reaching, you have a love for her that where you are constantly, consistently reaching out toward her with a Christ-like, selfless, sacrificial love. Now this kind of love comes easy to husbands before their husbands. It's easy for them to try to, 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 to have this kind of love as they're trying to capture the heart of the woman that they want to be their wife. But too often it stops once she has been caught. Amen? Well, you don't have to say amen to that, all right. But we know that that happens. But here's what we need to understand is that we must consistently, constantly, selflessly, sacrificially love our wives. It must be evident in all that we do. Angie and I, when we were first married, we received a little uh, picture that someone had uh, uh, embroidered with these words on it. Six words, but boy, they are powerful six words. Choose thy love and love thy choice. So choose thy love. The Lord deals with you and guides you to the person that you're to love. But then once you've made that choice, then you love that choice. Don't quit loving. It should be evident in your life. Real love is evident. It's more, listen, real love is more than just saying nice things. It is more than bringing home a paycheck. It is more than just doing your part. Real evident love is you living it out selflessly, sacrificially, and continually. Real love is evident. It's your heart reaching out and revealing your love to your wife in real ways. Real Christ-like love is evident, but also real Christ-like love is effective. We see in verses 4 through 7, 1 Corinthians 13, that love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Here we see love that is really effective, the kind of love that you're supposed to have, a Christ-like love for your wife. It is a love that suffers long and is kind. That means that your love is patient. Your love is patient with your wife. That means that your love is to rise above the petty things that happen in marriage. Some of the, sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes there are petty things that happen in marriage. And we're to rise above those things and to be patient with our wives. I tell, I tell the folks in the well this past Wednesday night, and I tell this a lot of times to young couples who are getting ready to get married, is that here's what you need to understand. That first year is called an adjustment period. 
And what you need to know is that everybody has it. Your normal is no longer normal. Now you have a new normal. And all those things that you thought, think are so cute right now are going to soon start to get on your last nerve. <laughs> and it becomes no longer a cute thing to you, but it will be a pet peeve to you. But beloved, listen, real love gets beyond that. Amen? And love rises above the petty things. And we are to be patient with our wives because she is patient with you. And I had a great big roll of laughter when I said that in the first service. I don't know. She is patient with you. I wasn't expecting that. I hope she's patient with you. You be patient with her. At least we could say this. The Lord is patient with you. Amen? He is patient. And we are to be patient with our wives and kind. Does not envy. Means that... Uh, this kind of love is not jealous of what she does. It's not jealous of her abilities or her, uh, but rather rejoices in her strengths and her abilities. And doesn't parade itself, it's not puffed up. It means it's not boastful, it's not proud. Love doesn't put yourself before her. It's not proud. The love does not behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. In other words, there's a real graciousness about your love to your wife. It's not selfish. It's selfless. It's not provoked, it thinks no evil, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. So real love shows no irritation and does not keep an account book of being wronged. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, amen? I'm just telling you, men, here's what the Bible says. Of course, we understand that this applies to all of us as believers, but we're speaking specifically to husbands here, okay? It applies to you. It doesn't keep account for any hurts that we've received in the past. But rather, it says, love bears all things. It believes all things. That it hopes all things and endures all things. You see, real Christ-like love is evident to your wife and it's effective with your wife. But you, men, husbands, you are to show your wife, you are to show your wife the love that she needs. You are. I was reading a story about a man who was suffering, or rather, a woman who was suffering from being unhappy. And so her concerned husband took her to the psychiatrist. And the doctor listened to the couple talk about their relationship. And then the doctor said, the treatment that I prescribed to you is quite simple. And with that, the doctor got up and went over to the man's wife. He gathered her up in his arms and he gave her a big kiss. And then he stepped back, he looked at the woman's glowing face with a broad smile, and he turned to the woman's husband and said, See, that's all she needs to put new life back into her life. And her husband says, Well, can I bring her in on Tuesday and Thursday? <laughs> no, no. You are to be the one who shows your wife love. Amen? You are to love your wife and to do so with a Christ-like love that is selfless, that is sacrificial, continual, effective, and evident to her. Say, well, I don't know if I can do that, Pastor. Well, if you do you know Jesus? And if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, then yes, you can. And the reason why you can is because he enables you to have that kind of love for your wife. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
So if you know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, then the Holy Spirit then lives within you, and that Holy Spirit who lives within you enables you to love your wife with a Christ-like love. That is a selfless, sacrificial love for her. And so husband, love your wife with a sacrificial love, and then secondly, love your wife with a shepherding love. A shepherding love. Look, look at verses 26 and 27. Going further, what Paul is writing here is inspired by the Spirit. He says, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he, this is Jesus, might present her, speaking about the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And so as we look at this passage of Scripture and we think about the love that Jesus has for his bride, the church, it's the kind of love where he wants the very best for his bride, the church. Now, we're not talking about the best buildings or the best cars for its members or the best homes in which to live in. No, that's not the best that we're talking about. Jesus wants the very best for his bride, and we see it in this passage of Scripture. And the best is for them to be a pure church. The best is for them to be a glorious church. The best is for them to be a holy church. That's what he, he loves the church that much, that that's what he wants for them. And we know that the church is made spotless, and the church is made without blemish through what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. It's because of the blood of Christ that we are clean. It's because of the blood of Christ that we are spotless before him and without blemish. But we also know this. As we have seen, the church continues to mess up. The church continues to struggle and fail in following the Lord faithfully. And failing and loving him faithfully. But his desire, the Lord's desire for us as his bride, as the church, is to be like him and to love like him and to love him because he first loved us. That's his desire, his best, for his bride, the church. And so as he is our shepherd, that means that he is then constantly guiding us and helping us and protecting us and leading us to follow him and to know his best for our lives. Now, how does that apply to us as husbands? Well, if we're going to love our wives as Christ loves the church, then we cannot overlook that just as he shepherds his bride, the church, so we must also shepherd our wives. In other words, we are to lovingly lead them well. We're to lovingly lead our wives. We're to lead our wives with a love that does not lead them toward evil, that does not lead them toward wickedness, that does not lead them toward unholiness or in any way away from the Lord. But rather what we will do as we will shepherd our wives is that we will lead them into the streams of pure water, that we will lead them to where they can grow in their faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will lead them to, to, to in the faith, and we will do our part in protecting them from the attacks of the evil one, our enemy, and we will pray for God to have his way and protect our wives and our children and we will lead our children as we shepherd them and our wives to lead them in what it is to follow Jesus the question then for us then is are you leading your wives and are you leading your families well it's so very important that we're shepherding our wives to love Jesus and to live for Jesus it's so important to do that for our wives and for all of our family why is that pastor well I'll tell you it's because one day as a as as you stand before the Lord, husband, you will give an account for how you led your family. There was an accounting before him as to how you have led your family. 
Did you lead your wife well? Did you shepherd her? Did you shepherd your family? You see, the family, your wife must see Christ lived out in your life and in my life. They are following our example. They must know of your own love for Jesus and your desire to be blameless and pure before him. So, husband, lead your wife well to love Jesus. Lead your wife well to grow in him and shepherd your wife in the faith, lovingly shepherding her. Husband, love your wife with a sacrificial love and a shepherding love. And then thirdly, also with a sincere love. As we look at verses 28 through 30, we read these words. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves, loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and his bones. As we think about that, a sincere love, you have a sincere love for yourself. All of us do. No one hates his own body, but takes care of it. You got up this morning, and you want to take care of your body, so you think, I need, I need some Captain Crunch. I got to have some nourishment for my body. I'm not sure that that's nourishment, but nevertheless, I got to have something. If you haven't had it this morning already, you're thinking about what's in the crock pot at home. Your mind is thinking about, I need to nourish my body. Why? Because you love yourself and you want to take care of yourself and you know it's need. And this need is to, to be nourished, be taken care of. And so no one hates his own body but takes care of it. So that means you seek to satisfy your body by nourishing it and meeting the needs of your body. The Bible here then is telling us, husband, you are to sincerely love your wife as you love yourself, meeting her needs and taking care of her and cherishing your wife. That's a key word there, to take care of and to cherish your wife. Now, that's with a sincere love that we're to have for our wife. Husbands, love your wife with a sincere love. But to see the how-to of loving your wife sincerely and cherishing her, we move to one more passage of Scripture, which is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. One verse. But boy, that one verse is packed full with how we can love and cherish our wives. That verse reads this. There's four things here we're going to look at real quick. It says, Husband, likewise, deal with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So the four things, as I said, that we're going to look at here in this verse about what it is to have a sincere love for your wife and what that looks like and the how-to of sincerely loving your wife. And the first thing it says, to dwell with them with understanding. Now the word there, understanding, means to know them. Dwell with them knowing them. The word indicates a relationship between the person knowing and the person known. Whereas the person known, in this case the wife, is of great value and importance. And so the Bible says, dwell with them by seeking to know her. Husband, you need to know your wife. You are to be a constant student of your wife. And just so you know, after 30 years of marriage, I can tell you this, that just at the point that you think that you have her figured out, you don't. All right? By the way, I got permission from Angie to say that, all right? But it's so true. 
And if you don't know it yet, here's a revelation. Your wife is different from you. She thinks differently. She feels differently. She receives love differently. And you as a husband are to be a constant student of your wife, to love her with a sincere love as the Bible tells us. You know, there's a study that was done years ago. A lot of money spent, I believe, is by our government to decide that if there's a difference between men and women. The Bible stands. There is. Amen? There's a difference between men and women. And we, are, as, as husbands, are to learn, to learn about them, to dwell with your wives with understanding, to learn about your wife, to learn what she needs to feel loved, to be considerate of her spiritual needs, her emotional needs, her physical needs, and do all you can to selflessly meet those needs in her life. And it may change as well. But you're to be a constant student of your wife. And learning about your wife, y'all are not going to like me, but I'm going here, all right? Learning about your wife means that you need to communicate with her. Uh-oh. You see, your wife has a need to communicate. She wants to talk to you. She wants to talk to you. And here's the thing. She wants you to listen. <laughs> Husbands, love your wife with a sincere love. Listen to your wife. And understand this, that as you listen to her, she doesn't always want you to fix the situation. But she just wants to be heard. You see, friends, we can learn much by listening and communicating. I'm here to tell you, it is smart to communicate with your wife. It is smart to communicate. Heard another story about a married couple who had a quarrel, and they ended up giving each other the silent treatment. I'm sure none of you have ever been in that situation. But in this couple's situation, they had this silent treatment going on for two days into their argument. And the man realized that he needed his wife's help. In order to catch a flight to Chicago for a business meeting, he had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. But not wanting to be the first one to break the silence. I mean, he was, he was the man. He, he didn't want to break this. And, you know, he's going to stand his ground. So what he did was he wrote on a piece of paper, Please wake me at 5 a.m. Well, not wanting to be the first one to break the silence, of course, he, he had this here. The next morning, the man woke up only to discover that his wife was already out of bed. It was 9 a.m. His flight had long since departed, and he was about to just break the silence and go talk to her about and demand an answer for his failings when he noticed a piece of paper by the bed that said, It's 5 a.m. Wake up. It's smart to communicate, amen? It's smart to communicate. Dwell with your wife with understanding. And the second part of that verse is to giving, says giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Now, some folks will look at that passage and some females will look at that and say, I don't like that because it says I'm weaker. Well, understand that the weaker here has only to do with the physical strength and not, the inner, not any kind of intellectual inferiority or anything like that. 
But really what he's talking about here is says to treat her with honor, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. The word honor means, the, it, it describes the value of a precious uh, gem or a stone. So what the Bible is saying here, gentlemen, if you're to have this sincere love for your wife, that your wife to you is to be highly valued, honored, and protected as a precious jewel and esteemed highly by you. Well, you say, well, I'm not sure if I understand what that means. Well, let me help you with that. Say that you have a a collector's item, something that you have somehow gained. Uh, Maybe you have a Mickey Mantle or Babe Ruth baseball card. If you do, I want to know about that, okay? But say you've got something like that. Or maybe there's a football that your favorite football player has signed, and you've got that thing behind glass somewhere. Or maybe it's uh, some gun that you have, and, and your gun, it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation, and now it's in your possession. Or maybe you've been out hunting somewhere in the desert, and you saw the sand blow, and you saw a glint of something, you went, and there's this jewel, and you found this jewel, and you brought it back and now you've got this treasure. How are you going to treat that thing, whatever that is? How are you going to treat this collector's item as people come in? You're going to show it off, and you're going to protect it, and you're going to nurture it, and you're going to make sure nothing happens to it. Well, that's what the meaning of this word means, of giving honor means to that. But understand that your wife is more important than any item or thing. And so your wife is to be treated as a precious treasure that, she, that has been created in the image of God, your wife must be, needs be, and should be treasured as a precious treasure to you. That she is reassured, that she is protected, and she, she is loved with every tender provision being made from her because she is a gift from God to you. Amen? Your wife is a gift from God to you, and you are to honor her and to treasure her as a precious treasure. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun. So dwell with them in the understanding, giving honor to your wife as to the weaker vessel, Thirdly, being heirs together of the grace of life. Now, this indicates that you're to recognize that you love her sincerely because you recognize that you are partners together. You're a team together that God has put together. And so you will take this journey of life together, of pointing people to Jesus and living for his glory as husband and wife. Because he's the one. Listen, the Lord is the one who has put the two of you together. And what I've found many, many, many times, probably 95% of the time I've talked to couples, is that as, we, as God puts, these, puts people together, he usually puts opposites together. So that her strengths are your weaknesses and your strengths are her weaknesses. And he does that on purpose. God is amazing how he does this. So that you complement each other and you are a team for the glory of God in order to point people to Jesus effectively. So you become heirs together on this team together. You enjoy spiritual life together. You grow closer to Jesus together. You're a team for his glory together. And you enjoy this life for, that he has given you together. Matthew Henry, in, in talking about Adam and Eve and the creation of Eve from Adam, says that Eve was not taken out of Adam's head to rule over him, 
nor out of his feet to be trampled on by him, but, he's, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected by him, and near his heart to be loved by him. So love your wife with a sincere love. Dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, treating her as a precious treasure, being heirs together of the grace of life, and then the warning in the verse that your prayers may not be hindered. So your love for your wife obviously is extremely important to the Lord. So husband, if you do not love your wife the way that you're directed in Scripture and you do not honor her and treasure her, treating her with tenderness and selfless love, then your prayers may be hindered or literally cut off. Your love for your wife is vitally important to the Lord who brought the two of you together. Love your wife with a sincere love. Love her with a sacrificial love, a shepherding love, a sincere love, and then fourthly, with a secure love. We talked about this just briefly last week. Let's touch it one more time here in verses 31 through 33. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. Jesus quoted that. You remember it last week. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you particular so love his own wife as himself. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Love your wife, husbands, with a secure love. It says here to be joined to his wife, leaving father and mother and be joined to his wife. That's the word cleave we talked about last week, cleaving to. It literally means to be glued to or cemented to her. As one commentator said, just as a well-glued board will sooner break in the hole than in the glued joint, so death alone should part the husband and wife. So husband, love your wife with a secure love. And let me say it this way, husband. Love your wife with a secure love. Be committed to her. And husband, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Have eyes only for her. Realize that the enemy seeks to destroy you, seeks to destroy your witness, seeks to destroy your testimony, and he's out to destroy your family. Guard your heart. Let nothing stand in the way of your love for Jesus, first and foremost, and secondly, your love for your wife. You see, God's purpose is for you to have a healthy family. Healthy families come from healthy disciples. Healthy disciples come from healthy souls, and healthy souls come from abiding in Jesus. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. So we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ that guides us and helps us, enables us to live the life of having a healthy home as we turn to him and keep our eyes fixed upon him. Having this sacrificial love, a shepherding love, a sincere love, a secure love. Three things to do. Number one, Husbands, selflessly, selflessly love your wife. Instead of selfishly placing your wants and your desires and your rights and your wishes above your wife, remember that you are to love with a Christ-like love that gave of himself for you because he loves you so very much. But I'm here to tell you that you cannot have this kind of love in your life unless you know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. If you don't know Jesus, you can know him today by taking a step of faith. Acknowledge that we're all sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. We all fall short of the glory of God. And we need him to save us. So God sent his son, Jesus, to save us from our sins. And so we turn from our sin and turn to Jesus in humble repentance. 
embracing, believing that Jesus is who he says he is in the word of God. He is God's son who died on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave. We embrace that, we believe that with all of our heart and profess him as to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. And when we do that, it's a step of faith. We trust Christ by faith, we're saved. We come to know Christ as Savior. The Holy Spirit comes with live within us and he enables us to live this life. That is the good life, the better life, the best life as we follow him selflessly love your wife. Secondly, shepherd your wife. Husband, shepherd your wife. Lovingly lead her toward more of being like Jesus. Lovingly be the example in front of her of what it is to love the Lord. Shepherd your wife with a love that she sees in you for the Lord first. Shepherd her heart. For the Lord Jesus Christ, shepherd your wife. And then thirdly, start now. Now, some of you may have been married for longer than I've been living. I don't know. If that's the case and you've been loving your wife all through these years exactly the way the Scripture teaches, then praise God for you. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you've messed up in the past. and Maybe you're not where you need to be in loving your wife the way the Scripture teaches us today. Here's the third to do. Start now. Amen? Start now loving your wife the way the scriptures have taught us, the way Christ has loved the church. I read another story this week. There's a man who, who never opened the door for his wife or any other woman. He, he felt like it was an unmanly, kind of sissy thing to do. And besides, he was fond of saying... What's wrong with her? She's got her own arm. She doesn't have, her arms aren't broken. And after many years of marriage, his wife passed away. And he was heartbroken because he really did love her. But somehow, as the pallbearers brought her casket out of the funeral service, somehow he and his family reached the hearse in front of the casket. And the funeral director was back a few feet, but he called him by name and he said, Hey, open the door for her, will you? And so the man reached for the door handle, and then for a second he froze because he realized that he had never opened a car door for her in his entire life or her life. And death would be the first and the only time. And when he realized that, years of regret, years of regret came crashing down upon him. Now, I'm not telling you that to say that if you open the door for your wife, that that's the magic that's going to make it all work. No. But what I am saying is this. Love your wife now. Treat her as a precious treasure now. Selflessly, sacrificially love her now. Be the team that God has placed together for his glory now. And let there be no regrets. Because, listen, God has placed the two of you together and she is worthy of your sacrificial, shepherding, sincere, and secure love. Love her like Christ loves his church. Let's pray. Father, be with us. Be with us as men to be the men you've called us to be to our wives. To love our wives with this kind of love.
Let nothing else take its place. Let us love our wives sacrificially and shepherding our wives, sincerely loving them, treating them as precious treasures, being secure in our love for them, being totally committed. God, help us to be the men you've called us to be. And as we come to this invitation, may these men in this congregation step out and say, I want to be the man God's called me to be, whether they say that to one of our pastors or just pray silently here at these steps. God, may you deal with all of our hearts today. If we need to surrender our lives to you and say, I need Jesus to help me to love the way he taught me to love. I need to know of his love for me. I want to know him personally. For those here who have never trusted you, Lord, by faith, may this be that moment as well. Maybe there are those, Lord, that you're dealing with of making commitments, of being a team together as husband and wife that a husband and wife need to make together. Lord, maybe you're just dealing with folks about joining this church fellowship or yielding to your call or whatever it is that you're dealing with us about. But Lord, you're dealing with us. Let us be found faithful. And let us walk away with a renewed commitment to you, to love you and to love our wives and love our families the way you've taught us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.